Accrediting Excellence, the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, proudly presents both sides of the coin. Whether you are a newly qualified coach or have hundreds of clients under your belt, there are always things to learn, quick tips that we can implement to improve the coaching experience for our clients. Today, we're joined by a coach who has transformed the lives of over 530,000 people, and he's going to share with us some things that he's learned through the decades, and we'll also hear from one of his clients about what they have found particularly helpful. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IAPC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named Both Sides of the Coin because we talk to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to explore both sides of the coaching mentoring intervention, what works and what doesn't. As a proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and an accredited master coach, and I've been coaching for 12 years, mainly in the area of career transition and life coaching. Joining me today are Nirishan Silva and his client, Irfan Ahmed. Nirishan is based in Sri Lanka and has delivered over 12,000 coaching hours across two decades and seven different countries. He's the first ICF certified master coach in Sri Lanka and is the only IAPC and M accredited fellow coach and mentor in Asia. And a fun fact about Nirishan is that he's won competitions in ballroom dancing. His client, Irfan Ahmed, is director at Twinery Innovations by Mass and is also co-founder of Innovation Quotient, Sri Lanka's first business design and innovation studio. Ifan has 24 years experience in consumer insight, manufacturing, product design, technology strategy and deployment, and he has been coached by Nirishan for over 17 years. Ayubowan, welcome both of you. I'm going to start with Nirishan and then flip over the coin and speak to Ifan. Nirishan, tell me about yourself. Hi Jenny, um, lovely to be here. Um, I'm a jack of all trades, a good father, a son, and a professional trainer. So um, I have always enjoyed helping people. So it was just a lovely progression that I am in this position as a coach today. I, I began as a person who's working for a manufacturing industry. Um, I was in charge of maintenance and, and, and support, um, progressed, after many, many years, starting from the absolute bottom of the um, organizational strata. Uh, and until I was chosen to go abroad to study, many did not know that uh, the organization was owned by my family. So um, I, I began that journey and um, wherever I went, it was a case of teaching although I never thought of myself as a teacher. And um, moving on from there to the HR world, um, I worked in different organizations and HR consultant, was the president of the HR association many, many years ago. Um, from there became a trainer, 
uh, moved on from there. And some of the tools that I used in managing people and helping people grow from being an NLP master to so many other little tools that we work with. It was very comforting to have a style of more mentoring than coaching for a very, very long time. And when I saw the distinct difference, uh, I loved them both. So um, I certainly see value in, in each one of the methodologies. Hence, uh, even with IAPCNM, I did the coaching and mentoring separately. Uh, and I and I learned and got myself certified. So, um, yeah, that's that's more or less my journey. So today I have thirty trainers, um, six consultants, six coaches working with me. They're all very proficient and probably better mentors, coaches, and trainers than me. And we're one family helping. Uh, uh, many parts of the world. We have an office in Singapore. We have an office in Dubai, although we operate from Sri Lanka. And uh, we do a bit of globe trotting. We see the world. We see the world through the eyes of some of our participants. And uh, we enjoy what we do. We shared earlier about your ballroom dancing, and I know that you've also been a boxer, the drummer of a jazz band, and you mentioned your father. You have two young children. As coaches, the topics that we cover in sessions can often include a variety of both work and personal concerns. Tell me more about how you help your clients get to the crux of what's most important for them to focus on in each session. Jenny, most often when, when, a, when a client walks up, and this is known by all coaches, and we discuss it in a theoretical form, but it's very, very important to take a step back to understand what the client wants. What's the deep-seated? Sometimes they come up with leadership, organizational kind of uh, discussions, which, by the way, you contract with them on a more goal-oriented, action-driven kind of a plan. However, in the discussion, you, you uncover that their requirement is far more deep-seated, consciously or unconsciously. At that point in time, although at the beginning to be able to ask the right questions to deep go into the con conversation, you, you may be a little more empathetic, you may use a little bit of more therapeutic kind of language. At a particular moment that you understand the boundary of personal and professional is what we are discussing, bringing it to the awareness of the participant, either to recontract or to turn around and give the person a, a, a referral to a person who is better suited to manage that. So these are all decisions one can make openly, but with the consultation of the client. I am of the view that uh, we we cannot separate one from the, from the other. It is not that we have a personal life and a professional life and they don't come together. Sometimes when you do a 360, you find that it's not the person, but the culture that is uh, having an impact on how they perform. Sometimes when you do a Myers-Briggs or, or, or a disc profile or a psychometric test, you truly understand the inner workings of the person. 
so i also surround myself with uh, sufficient tools if uh, if that is permitted uh, because that gives us a bit of a unbiased view uh, of sometimes going through the tools before the discussion and coming to the discussion or while discussing figuring out where it is stemming from uh, and i have found financial directors who who are more feeling people and have no analytical preference whatsoever in their personality type preference but they are very very good at their job and therefore in our discussions we find that the way they look at problems is from a feeling point of view while they're really good at their job which the academic nurturing that they've gone through so i i take the time to really understand what do you really want out of it and i tell them whatever you want either i've got it or i'll find it for you you are you're safe with me um so that's how i deal with the personal and professional boundaries thank you and that's a really good tip saying if i don't have it i'll go back to you with that rather than thinking as coaches we have to be experts on everything Nirishan, what common coaching questions do you ask your clients to get to the root of an issue? <laughs> um, Jenny, as you know, when you when you when you study uh, or you're going through a program of of coaching and learning, one of the one of the areas that most coaches are worried about are what type of smart questions could I ask? uh can i ask probing questions can i ask scaling questions can i ask challenging questions so they go to the net or they ask the teacher that is teaching them coaching what's the best question i could ask to elicit information um but when you done this for a long time it is the most simplest of questions in a way that at that particular moment what you're trying to get out or work with so categories of questions are many but also one must be careful as a as a as a coach what is our personality now generally my questions are challenging questions i uh, because most of the people i manage are very senior people and i have to i most often do executive coaching so therefore i might ask someone like have you considered this if not why and what made you think what you are thinking right now and i might pound it i might pound it a little harder and i might back off and watch what comes out so it's in our style it is in the way others would interpret it is also in the circumstances required so um anyone who says this is the best question i've I've had, but I must tell you something that is important that I do uh, with clients. I take the time to get them to talk about their life, what their pro- thought processes. I don't rush in, but once we tighten on some area that we want to expect out of this conversation, then I coordinate or seek their permission. and then go at it relentlessly uh, so no great question as such but uh, <laughs> i guess um, sometimes when you go to the masters level as you would know uh, it's a simple question and and waiting for them to answer it's their show um, you are there to support and guide 
Uh, it's not the brilliance of your question most often. That's so true. I often think it's actually about the deepness of coaches, how much we listen, because if we listen and we and we look at the body language, we look at what's being unsaid, then it's very easy to find the next question. Yeah. Nirishan, what top tips have you got for coaches who want to make sure that the coaching they offer delivers value? I use a, a, a model where we talk about the type of solutions they want to get out, how goal-oriented, um, how the entire coaching process has been set together. For example, I work with a lot of organizations. Now, these organizations may nominate 25 participants, our senior management team. Could you coach this team to get to the next level? So you draft the program in such a way that there is some consistency in the tools that are used to investigate. You bring in a tripartite discussion, although confidential with the participant, you agree with the participant at the beginning that you are bringing in the supervisor ever so often for a quick chat, for a quick check to see if the organization is privy to what is happening. Um, so the entire structure of the program, how you want the ROI being calculated, must be discussed when it's most often a commercial-driven program. On the other hand, there may be an individual who says, look, I want to further myself to the next level. So then the documentation part of it. So we have online systems, we have paper-based systems, we have tracking mechanisms. Because if you do not know uh, and you don't track, it becomes a nice conversation with a good old friend. And there are people, Jenny, like that. People I've coached many, many years ago. Now they'll just give me a call and say, let's have a cup of coffee. What they're actually telling me is we want a coaching program, but I'm too senior to call it that. So coffee is what they label it, but they will come and have a good coffee and they feel comfortable. But that's not professional coaching. So we have that coffee, we have the conversation, and then we say, let's say, um, we... You know, let's say his name is Matt. So Matt, let's sit down, figure out what exactly you want to do, um, understand the indicators of evidence, blueprint the strategy, understand the levers of success, positive or negative, and then start executing it. But it must be noted, it must be measured, it must be observed and felt. So if you do not bring that kind of clarity, um, sometimes we, without knowing, slowly edge towards many of the other professions of anything from a friend on one side to a counselor on the other side. So you have to be very mindful that they are actually mindful of how they track it. And, and, and that must be at an agreement level from the beginning. And if you don't see a progress, you must also be able to understand whether it's a coachability issue or is it a coacher's issue because we are not you know, understanding each other in terms of expectation or I may not be or my style may be as a coach not the right uh, requirement right now and your ability as the professional to candidly, to use the right moment, to understand context and be able to coach the co coachee that coaching may not be the tool they're searching for, or I may not be the best coach, 
but that I am going to find the best person for them in the discussion. So you must be that, that fluid, but that specific and that driven for that end result. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. You've vast international coaching experience. What have you learned during this about working internationally as a coach that you can share with us, other coaches who do work globally to help improve our coaching style? First thing, um, you know, when you, when you, and I, I travel all over one end of Kenya to the other end of China. Um, what I have realized is the basics of when we did management 101 of understanding culture is absolutely quintessential. And, you know, the way the language, the, the metaphors, the understandings, uh, really enjoying the culture. There may be certain food which you may not want to consume and that's a personal choice. But when you really go to a country or you're working with them to understand them. So, for example, in Kenya, something I learned is I learned the power of forgiveness and moving on. Whenever a Kenyan says, I am sorry, and although that's an English word, which we from toddler days, everything, mama, I'm sorry, dad, I'm sorry, you're supposed to move on. But a Kenyan, when they say sorry, it, has, it, it is meant to be, that's it. There's no more shouting at the guy because we've accepted. And most often when they really say, I'm really, really sorry, they fix it. So this word sorry has a huge impact. So I, I understood the nuances and the language and, and how they work with each other. When I was in uh, Vietnam, I, I understood how resourceful they can be. You give them a 10 by 10 little plot of land, they'll build a business. And the next door neighbor who also has a similar business will help you to develop your business. The level of enviousness, all that is not there. It's about embracing uh, uh, the resourcefulness in them and the commitment. If it falls down, they'll build it up tomorrow again. And yet they live a simple life by evening. So if you come from a corporate background, you're a corporate uh, trainer, you want to really pound it down 24 hours, let's get it done. Um, and you don't realize that after hours, they'd like to spend time with family and you know sit and enjoy a good cup of soup. Uh, you've lost the plot. You lost the plot. And then and, and the story goes on from place to place, from India uh, to China. And, and I can tell you many, many stories. Uh, but then that will sound like uh, around the world in 60 days. Uh, but for coaches, be open, never judge is easier said than that. Um, realize that... Uh, you are there because somebody requires your support. Never look down upon the fact that they can't understand as fast as we can or they are not educated as we are or uh, they are more tech savvy than we are but they don't have the other sides or your judgments are, are, are good for your own development but uh, they require you and you, your presence is what matters most. Excellent tip. Thank you so much for that. 
My final question for you is, why did you become accredited? Ah, that's an interesting question because I didn't get accredited for a long time. I've been coaching for such a long time. I think in the last decade only I started on this all these accreditations. Accreditation to me gives uh, safety and reliability to my customers as my methods are proven, tested, and there's some sort of safety that there is an international body and a way of doing things. That's one part of it. Second part is as a coach, also sometimes you don't, you are good at what you do. You have made up your own methods of coaching and teaching and training. It works. But you don't have anything to measure it against and see whether you're okay. Whether you can call yourself like many do, gurus and masters and all that. So whether you are up there in terms of accreditation for your own self, because sometimes it's a lonely game um, doing this. Uh, so accreditation in that sense is also very, very important. The next is that when you're in this, when you're a part of a body, you have so much of resources, so much of think tanks, so much of discussions that happen that you are automatically enriching your own practice um, constantly. And when you have to go in for um, recertifications, you have to have the numbers uh, ticking all the time. So you are in that process of developing. So those are probably some of the few reasons why I think certification is very, very important. Thank you so much. Such wisdom shared with us. I'm going to flip over the coin now and speak to your client, Irfan, to find out what we can learn from him about his experience of being coached so we as coaches can improve our processes. Welcome, Irfan. Tell me about yourself. Hi, Jenny. It's it's a pleasure to be here. Um, so my journey has, um, has been... Um, Interesting. Um, I worked across many industries. Um, uh, in terms of my qualifications, I passed out as a as a software engineer, but I never wrote a line of code afterwards. I was more interested in the application of technology and what it means to people. Um, so I worked in in advertising and marketing for ten years. Um, so that's the first half of my career. Second half of my career, I made an in. A, entire shift or a total shift into technology innovation so i worked in in technology development deployment manufacturing um, and constantly looking at new ways to 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 bring new ideas to life and, and that's something that really really excites me so i've been i've been doing um what i've been doing in the in the technology transformation innovation space for the last last uh, close to 15 years um, I enjoy bringing new ideas, new concepts to life. Um, uh, I'm constantly told I can't do something, um, and that's what really motivates me. Uh, you know the the challenge to to really push through and and make make something happen. Um, I failed more often than I've succeeded, and I think um, that has taught me the the value of resilience. Um, it it also um, in terms of in terms of the journey so far, it has also taught me the importance of staying the course. Um, you know, making sure you you see things through. So, really enjoying what I do now in the technology innovation space. Um, I'm seeing a lot of transformation, and and I'm, I hope to continue to 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 work in this space and and you know create new ideas and bring new ideas to life. 
And why did you want coaching? So I've known Niroshan for a long time, but in terms of my coaching journey with him has has been specific. I would like to just break take the last three years. Um, for me, coaching was, I think, has really made a huge difference. And why I needed coaching was, like I said, I'm constantly on on the on the fringe, either on the fringe of an industry uh, or the fringe of a trend. Uh, it's generally me and my mostly me seeing an opportunity, and um, my my challenge was bringing people around. How do I get everybody else to see that vision? Um, and then be really in, the, in a corporate environment. Be really patient while you execute that vision. You know, it's not really investing today and then looking for a outcome or a return a couple of months or a year later. Uh, it's a lot around managing failure, managing expectations and, and managing change. And I felt my particular challenge was that I really needed to reboot myself. Um, and I sought out coaching because I realized that um, I may have uh, the functional skills, but what I was prob probably lacking was um, the emotional competency to really also manage um, the human side of innovation and change. And I thought uh, if I invest in myself, I could probably then take that learnings down into my team uh, and the people I work with, which is why I sought, I sought coaching. And I'm, I'm really glad I found Niroshan in, in that journey. Was there a particular moment in one of the coaching sessions that you felt you had a breakthrough in yourself or did the, the ability to um, lead your team better happen over a period of time? Um, there was a breakthrough moment, uh, moment, Jenny. I think um, in my journey with Nirosha, it was, uh, it was firstly a lot of conversation, and I felt really comfortable because he was not judging me, and we were having very open conversations around, you know, what my challenges are, what I'd like to really focus on. And I think for me, that moment of realization was that so there was a lot of tools also. I'm a big believer in data, um, you know, and, and a process. I think the, there were a couple of tools that were used, um, which uh, which mapped, which gave me, which gave both Niroshan and myself a very clear view of who I thought I was versus who I really am. And I think that was a huge realization for me. So I did, I did have a certain preconceived notion as to what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were, and therefore, how I leverage either one of those. Uh, but what really struck me was what I thought it was versus what the rest of my, my peers, my superiors thought it was. And uh, to me, the immediate shift was that being in, especially in innovation and transformation, um, being able to convince the rest of your colleagues, your peers, and your superiors that you need to follow a particular course of action generally takes a lot of time and effort and there could be a high failure rate. And my particular uh, belief was that for me to make it work, I need to charge ahead. And what I was doing in, in charging ahead was that I was taking all the risk myself, uh, facing all of the frustration myself and naturally feeling burnt out and frustrated and frustrating my team and peers in the process as well because they were really we were really not aligned. Um, so what I learned to do was, was let go, step back, um, take everybody along on the journey um, and really stop uh, fighting to justify myself 
than what I was doing. It, it, it almost became a survival game, you know, um, because I had to constantly justify why I was doing and what I was doing because I was just taking it head on. You know, for me, for me, the easier way forward was was conflict um, and really bulldoze my way through, um, which is a huge realization. So who I thought I was versus how I was really seen was a was a pivotal moment for me, which literally helped me affect an immediate change. And I saw that change and really working in myself and 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 the rest of my team and how I work. And within that, is there something that you keep remembering, something that you learned about yourself or something that Nirishan asked you to think about that in those pivotal moments you stop and think and and reframe? Yeah. Uh, I tell my Self two things all the time to this date, uh, Janet, uh, and this is but this is kind of relevant to the work I do. But something I I constantly tell myself is 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 let go. There's a lot of power in letting go. Uh, so when I let go, I let firstly let go of my emotions. I let go of I you know. And also I learned to let go to my team. I I learned I learned that it's not just about me. That we all need to cross this bridge together. Um, so I'm constantly telling myself to let go, um, and that's been really powerful uh, because it's given me a new balance. Uh, the second thing that Niroshan told me specifically is that, you know, working in innovation probably puts you, when you're working in the transformation space, you're asking people to do things that they didn't do or do it very differently from the way they used to do it. Um, and that's going to put you in a in a, in the spotlight. Um, and Niroshan in our, in our coaching sessions, there was a very valuable piece of advice he gave me. He said, tell yourself that you're not under attack. You're not under attack. So and I tell myself that. So if there is conflict, it's it's not about me. It's about it's about the conversations about either a topic or an occasion or an instance or a problem. It's not about me. And 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 the same with same with who I'm facing with. So it's two people. Let's separate the conflict from the people. And if you, if you can tell yourself that you're not under attack, uh, then you can take a far more objective view to how you manage yourself and how you manage others. So I, I think those two uh, pieces of advice uh, are something I carry to this day and, and helps me every day. Based on your coaching experience with Nirishan, what would you say to other coaches so that they can improve the way that they coach their clients? I used to be really skeptical about coaching because I felt um, from whatever I've seen or heard from, it tends to be a bit, at least in my book, I thought it was superficial, it really couldn't help. And if I were to speak to another coach and ask, tell them, you know, this is what, what I think is valuable in a coach, uh, I think be open, uh, don't judge, have, have, uh, have a clear process. I mean, if you want to engage me and coach me, I'd like to know what tools you're using how you're using, how are you using data? How are you eliminating any bias? Um, are you really listening to me or are you are, are you you know are you just telling me what you think you should be you should be telling me? So that that level of connection, uh, how genuine you are, how humble you are, uh, how stringent you are in your process and how well you listen uh, would be very important as a coach. My final question for you is, some people see coaches on a regular basis. Some people see them just as and when they need them. You've been working with Nirishan for 17 years. How frequently do you meet him 
Tell us a bit more about that and what you think is effective for the coaching client relationship. I think structure is good. Coaching's made me uh, a, a, a better person in, in office, uh, a better father and a better husband. It's made a huge change for me. Um, in terms of how we structure our engagement, early days when we start, when we go through a particular coaching um, cycle, we kind of meet early, we meet quite regularly every three to four weeks uh, because then we're able to dissect what we're talking about, put a work plan into it, uh, discuss feedback. And then once we hit once we hit a certain cycle, we kind of dial it down to you know every three months. So that's how I, I kind of engage with Neuroshan right now. Once in three months or every quarter, I have a tune-up session with him once once I know I'm I'm okay. But if I do face a particular instance or a particular challenge, then I he's reachable. We have a chat on the phone. Um, and you know, we, we talk about any particular incident. But uh, yeah, at least at least once a quarter is 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 something that Neeroshan and I practice. What a great discussion. Thank you so much, Neeroshan and Irfan. And you can find Nirashan at the Training Consortium, that's training-consortium.com, or on social media such as LinkedIn, um, X, that's Nirashan Silver 9, and Facebook, Nirashan Silver 505. And you can also check out some interviews with some of his former clients titled Mavericks on YouTube. Just search for at Nirashan-Silver. We're confident that anybody who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be amongst the very best that the profession has to offer. So if you're somebody who's interested in having some coaching or mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor or training provider, or if you're a professional who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website, coach-accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of Both Sides of the Coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, jenny.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now.